Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Everybody doing good tonight? Amen. Yes. Amen. Everybody doing okay with the time change? Whew. Yes, we got an extra hour of sleep, didn't we? Uh, hallelujah. Pay attention to that screen right there. Being in the center of the road is a very dangerous place to be. Uh, if, yeah, matter of fact, you can ask this guy up here on the screen, but uh, unfortunately, you really can't ask him because he's dead. You know, he's, my gosh, you put blood on that thing. Oh, my goodness. I guess we are talking to the adults tonight, not the kids. <laughs> and, you know, the title of my message tonight is, Are You in the Middle of the Road? Are you in the middle of the road? And my uh, text is going to be out of Revelations tonight, the third chapter. So if, uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, uh, or you can watch the screens, or if you have a device, you can turn there, as most of your kids do in children's church these days. You know, our second grader never had a Bible device, but uh, your kids do. <laughs> it's the generation that we live in. Bibles are becoming obsolete. And then let's pray real quick over the Word. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you tonight, and God, again, we thank you so much to be able to minister, Father, and God, have the freedom that we have here in America. And God, we thank you that tonight the words that come out of my mouth, Father, will not be mine, but they will be yours. And that, Lord God, they will resonate in these people, God, in their spirits and in their hearts, and God, it will puncture them, Lord, and pierce them. Lord God, I thank you, Father, that it will convict them in a good way. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it tonight, and we give you praise Amen and amen and amen. Now, if you've got the Revelations 3, 15, it says here that I know your works, or I know all the things that you do. You are neither hot nor you're cold. Now, I wish that you were one or the other. Now, let's stop right there for a second, because what in the world does this really mean? What does this scripture verse mean? You know, there's lots of scripture verses in the Bible that you're not going to be able to take for face value. What? Are you kidding me? I thought the Bible was true and clear. Well, it is. But there's some scripture verses, there's some passages, there's some paragraphs, there's some books that you're going to have to dig just a little bit deeper into to find out exactly what it says, find out exactly what it means, and how to apply it to your life and my life, and to say, hey, wow, this does mean something different. There's lots of scripture verses like that. It's called studying to show thyself approved. 
hmm? being a good workman, rightly dividing the word of truth. Yes? So it's all truth, but we have to rightly divide it. What does this mean? What does that mean? And let me tell you something, folks. There is so many people that have no clue what this Bible says, and they call themselves Christians. There's so many people that I talk to. I like to talk. You all know that. You know, and I like to talk to people. I'm a people person. You know, Nicole's not. She's made to be. But I am a people person, and I'll go right up to a stranger, and I'll talk to them. You know, I'll say, hey, what's going on? How are you doing today? And sometimes they're a little standoffish or whatever, but I like to ask questions. I want to know about your life. What's going on? What's happening? How did you get here? Why do you look like that? You know, all kinds of stuff. And so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll ask people, so what do you believe? Well, I'm a Catholic. Oh, you are. Okay, well, uh, why are you a Catholic? Most of the time I get it, I don't know. What, what do you mean you don't know? I don't know. My mom and dad are Catholics. Okay, do you know even what a Catholic means? No, not really. I just go to church on Saturday night, and then I don't have to go on Sunday morning. Oh, okay. Protestants the same way. Well, what does it mean to be saved? Uh, I don't know. I'm an American, so I'm saved. You know, what? Are you kidding me? There's so many people that don't have a clue. It's traditions. Traditions of men, and the Bible talks about it. But you know, the Bible also says that you and I are to work out our own salvations with fear and trembling. But, there, but there's another scripture verse that you can't take for face value. Work out our own salvation with fear and with trembling? Really? See, guys, we're here tonight because life is real. This Bible is real. We're not in a dream. Life happens every single day. We're not up here, and I'm not up here, and pastor's not up here, just to do something fun, to get a paycheck. Listen, I could work a lot of other places and get much more pay than this, a lot more before I started here. I haven't got a pay raise in eight years that I've been here, just letting you know. <laughs> We're not here for the fun of it. You know, yesterday morning at 10.30 a.m., right here, we buried a six-month-old baby who died. I was at the hospital at 5 a.m. watching grandparents and parents hold a dead baby from person to person, crying their eyes out. I had no answers for any of them. This is life. And most of the time, when there's a tragedy, when something happens crazy in our lives, we go, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who am I? What am I doing here? Life is real. When the Twin Towers went down, what? are you? This has to be a dream. This can't be real. Life is real. Death and life are real. We're all going to die. We're not even promised tomorrow. And yet we don't even know what we believe. We won't go deeper than what the Word says to find out what it really means and what we're really supposed to do with it and how to accomplish what God has for us. Half of us don't even know what a gift and talent is, let alone what we're supposed to do with one. So the Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Well, if you will dig in a little bit deeper, you will notice that those two words are Greek words that mean with completion and respect. So work out your own salvation with completion and with respect. Well, yeah, but I don't know, Pastor Andy. I mean, even back in Proverbs, the Bible says that, you know, to fear God is the beginning of wisdom. So why wouldn't it mean that? 
Well, okay. But then there's another scripture verse that says, come boldly before the throne of grace. So now I'm really confused. So am I supposed to be trembling and with fear? And, and am I supposed to fear God? Or am I supposed to come boldly before the throne of grace? What am I supposed to do? Again, you dig deep and you find out what those verses, what those words really mean in that context. It means to f- come quickly and with completion and with respect. To fear God is the beginning of wisdom, or to reverence Him is what that word there means, is the beginning of wisdom. To reverence Him, to honor Him, that's the beginning of wisdom, and yes, it certainly is. Because there's lots of people out there that use His name in vain. They don't reverence Him, they don't respect Him, and they don't honor Him. That's not wise! We have to dig and find out what that really means. And you might say here, well, I'm a new Christian, so, you know what, Pastor Andy, I really don't know if I agree with that. I, I think that we ought to take the word for what it says right there on the pages. And if that's you tonight, I got something very special for you. And I think it's found in Matthew, Andrew, right? It's found in Matthew the 20, no, Matthew 5, 29. Uh, let's, let's see here, Matthew 5, 29. Let's see what that says. Can we get that up on the screen? No? I can read it if not. I want them to see it, though, but if not, I can read it. Okay. And if thy right eye offends thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not thy whole body be put into hell. Hmm. Okay. Fine. If you want to believe that that scripture verse means exactly that, and you want to take it word for word, then come on. Come on. I'll pluck your eye out for you. Let's go. We might need that offering bucket, Jason, for something else, for some eyeballs. Anybody here believe that? No? Are you kidding me? I thought we were going to have an awesome service tonight, Pastor Dan. I thought this was going to be extraordinary. Okay? Let's go to that next verse. What's that next verse say? And next one. And if thy right hand offends thee, then cut it off and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that only one member should perish, and not thy whole body should be cast into hell. So let's go. Come on, anybody's right hand offend thee tonight. Eyes or hands? Oh, I see everybody's left handed, huh? <laughs> I see how you are. David, it's not working out. I thought this was going to be a repenting service. A plucking out service and a cutting off service because you want to be closer to God. But nobody does. Huh, I guess that doesn't mean exactly what it says it means. We got to dig a little deeper, don't we, to find out what those scripture verses say. Can I hear an amen? Yeah, that's the best amen I'm going to hear tonight. Right there. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to Revelations 3 and 15. It says... Again, I wish that you would either be hot or cold. So that scripture verse doesn't mean what we've been taught our whole lives that says, hey, Jesus says, I want you to be hot. I want you to be on fire for God. I want you to be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and preaching around the world. Or I want you to be a cold-hearted, reckless sinner, miserable, mean, and nasty. Make a sailor seem like a baby. You're either in or you're out. If you're not in, then get out. 
I don't think that's what Jesus said. I don't think that's what he meant. Because if he meant that, then my gosh, what would that done and how devalued would he have devalued himself at what he did at the cross for us? I want you to go and sin as best as you can. No way. Then what he done would have meant nothing at the cross for us. Nothing. That's not what he meant. Not at all. And I'm going to tell you, I did the studying for you. So you wouldn't have to tonight. Everybody happy? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. See, you have to study to find out what this means. And when Jesus talked about that in Revelations 3, 15, he's talking to a church of one of the seven churches, the last seven churches of Asia Minor. Now, and the church was called Laodicea. Now, there's a map up here of Laodicea. And I hope you guys can all see that. Laodicea has a star right there. Can everybody see that? It's over there on the right side. There's a star there. The town north of it was Heropolis, and the town south of it was Colossa. And Laodicea was stuck right there in the middle. And I guess if you have to compare the city of Laodicea for today, I would say that you could compare it to Manhattan. Because Manhattan is amazing. Anybody have been to Manhattan? Raise your hands if you've been there. I mean, come on, guys. Is it awesome? I mean, you just stand there. Everybody knows you're a tourist. Oh, my gosh. Man, this is amazing. Wow, look at all these lights. The city that never sleeps. You know, Pastor Dave, you were with us. Andrew and myself, we went to, actually, it wasn't Manhattan. We went to the slums to the largest children's ministry in the world. Uh, actually, have 25,000 kids, and they bust most of those kids Every Sunday morning, it's absolutely amazing. So we was there, but we took one afternoon off because Pastor wasn't with us, so we, we did that. And uh, we went in Manhattan, and we saw everything. And, man, it was amazing what we saw, the city that never sleeps. I mean, it was just as light at dark as it was during the day. There was so much to see, so much to do. I mean, who puts a, a Ferris wheel inside of a building? I mean, unbelievable. You know, movie on the seventh story in a, in a building. And, you know, and one thing that I did do, and I almost forgot about this, there was, just like you see on the movies, man, I'm walking down the streets with David and Andrew, and all of a sudden this guy comes over and goes, yo, man, what's up? I said, how you doing? He said, man, you want to buy something? And he opened up his coat. And there was watches all up and down in his coat. And I'm like, dude, what you got going on here? He said, man, you want to buy a watch? I said, well, you know what? I wouldn't mind. He said, how about a Rolex watch? I said, yeah, I like to buy a Rolex watch. So I said, how much? He said, man, $200. I said, $200. I said, whoa, nah, you know what? I can't afford $200. I'm sorry. I can't do that. I said, but thank you anyway. He said, okay, okay, man. What can you do? What, do tell me what can you do? I said, I don't know. I, he said, how about $100? I said, nah, I, I can't even do $100. I can't do that. But thanks anyway. And he said, okay, man, how about 50 bucks? I said, sold. I'll take it. Now, okay, I knew it wasn't real, okay? I understand that. I don't know that he didn't know that I didn't know, but I knew it wasn't real. I just thought it would be cool to have Rolex on my hand, okay? A little pride, yes, okay? So I wore that thing, and would you know, two weeks later, it broke. Whatever. You know, two weeks later, 50 bucks, it broke. So I gave it to Ed. Ed, are you in here somewhere? Where's Ed at? He was in here. I know he was. Anyhow, Ed fixes watches and all kinds of stuff. And uh, I said, Ed, man, can you fix this? He said, Randy. Really? I said, yeah, Ed, it broke. And he said, give it to me. I'll see what I can do. 
So I, I gave it to him. He calls me in his office a day later, and he says, come here, I have to show you something. And I said, what? He said, now you do know that this wasn't real, right? I said, yes, Ed, I know that. He said, good, because look what was on the inside. When you open it up, it had an, I don't know what you, how you say it, an, expler, an explicit, a, a, a cuss word, okay? It had a cuss word, and basically the cuss word said, you're an idiot. Yeah. So, like, duh, you moron. You know, you bought a fake watch. I couldn't believe that. But anyhow, that was Manhattan. So, Laodicea, the city of Laodicea, would be something like Manhattan, okay? And actually, I, something else that uh, Laodicea was, I think I have the description of it. The city of Laodicea, it was the richest of the seven cities, and in 60 AD, the city was destroyed, and they refused aid from others. It was a center of finance. They were the center of banking and finance in their day. It was a center of fashion, renowned for their soft black wool coats. The newest styles appeared here first, and it was a center of medicine. There was a large medical school which created a tablet that was sold all over the Roman Empire. They were the hub of it all. They had it all. But yet Jesus sent John there with a letter that said something different to them. But what Laodicea did not have, it did not have a good source of water. But yet Heropolis, which again was on the north side, and Colossa, which was on the south side, they had great water. As a matter of fact, Heropolis, which I think I have a picture of Heropolis that was on the north side, that was Heropolis at one time. They were known for their hot springs. And Heropolis today is Turkey. You can go there and you can get in one of these puppies in these hot springs even today. Honey, I think that would be a great vacation. Wouldn't that be awesome to do that? Sure, yeah, you're lying. So I think that would be really neat to do that. I would love to do that. So they had hot springs, and that's, again, right there, Turkey. Some of the hot springs are still working today. And so the people wanted to go there, and they went there for miles and miles, and they would drink the water, and they would also bathe in the water. And, of course, hot water detoxifies. It helps blood circulation, and it turns your skin healthy. So people loved that. But then now Colossa, the southern side of, of Laodicea, this was Colossa today. Of course, these are the ruins. Um, an earthquake, of course, destroyed everything over there. But Colossa was known for its super cold water. I mean, tremendously cold water. And again, people would travel for miles and miles, and they would go there, and they would soak in that cold water. And no, I don't want to go there. I don't like the cold. All right? So they would go there, and they would drink, they would soak in the water, and again, cold water burns calories, it boosts the immune system, and ladies, it gives you shinier hair. So we need to start taking colder showers now. <laughs> Laodicea wanted both of those things, and they had the money to get both of those things. So what did they do? They created aqueducts. Aqueducts all the way from Heropolis and Colossal. Now, Heropolis was somewhere like 10 miles away, but Colossal was only about six miles away. And they brought and built those aqueducts all the way into their city of Laodicea. But there was a problem. And I think you guys are finally getting the picture. When it got to the city of Laodicea, it was lukewarm. The hot was not hot anymore, and the cold was not cold anymore. And so when the people of Laodicea drank it, it tasted disgusting and nasty, and they spit it out. How many of you guys ever warmed up mashed potatoes in the microwave 
and man, they're steaming. You get them out, you taste it, and it's like hot on the outside and cold on the inside. You're like, oh, gross, and you put it back. I've done it. I, I know we all have. That's what they did there. They spit that water out. It was disgusting to them. And so basically what Jesus was doing was he was using this as a metaphor to them because this is what they understood because they were going through this process. So it was just a metaphor. So it didn't mean be like a sinner and be hot for Christian. No, not at all. It was a metaphor because they could understand what they were talking about. Revelations 3.17. It says, You say that I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. (laughs) What? The center of finance? The best medicine of the time? Beautiful black wool clothes? And Jesus comes in with a letter? That John is carrying and saying, you're miserable, you're wretched, you're blind, you're cold, and you're naked. How many of you guys today, if Jesus walked straight in here and he said that to us, would we go, well, I never, and would get up and walk out because he offended us. The king of kings, my creator, offended us. So we're leaving blind and naked. Yeah, the church would do it today. Yes. They would. And he did it to them. They're living in the middle of the road. They're lukewarm. And Jesus didn't like it. See, guys, listen, he wasn't talking to sinners. All these once saved, always saved people. Let me tell you, almost the entire New Testament is to the backslidden Christian or to people that weren't living right. These churches, hey, you were once saved, you were once on fire. You're not anymore, you're lukewarm. Get it right. Hallelujah. This was a Christian church who became spiritually dead or spiritually blind, self-deceived, apathetic in their love for Jesus, or another word for apathetic is a lack of love, a lack of desire, um, a lack of emotion, feelings, no interest, uncommitted, that kind of sound like a marriage as well sometimes? Wow, we are the bride, right, of Christ? And of course, in our marriages, sometimes that happens too, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Self-sufficient attitude, passive. This was what that church had come to. And my question to you tonight, and even to myself, is have we become lukewarm? Have we become passive? My God, look at the election for God's sake. Look at all the misery that we all went through for months and months and months. Lies and deceit from everywhere. What has this world come to? We are at the end, folks. This is the final generation. We have not seen it like this. Everybody's against everybody. I don't see how anything gets done because everybody has an opinion and nobody can get any answers anywhere. We are in the last and final generation. We are lukewarm, and we shouldn't be lukewarm. Most of the churches in this country are so lukewarm. There was a rally for the presidency, I guess, last week in Lima, Ohio, with local pastors. And some of the local pastors were cussing, saying there's no way in H-E double toothpicks that I'm going to do this, 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 and this. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? You lukewarm, miserable cold, blind, and naked pastor. 
How dare you? Who are you? Lukewarm. And listen, it starts at the top, folks. It starts at the top, and then it will circulate out through here. And thank God our pastor is not lukewarm by any means. He is hot, and he is cold. And he said, I'm going to be more dogmatic than I've ever been. I'm going to be more loving than I've ever been. I'm going to be more Pentecostal than I've ever been. Hallelujah. I'm going to speak in tongues more than you all. That was Paul, pastor. (laughs) And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that we are not lukewarm here. We tell the truth. Yes, the truth hurts sometimes, but sometimes we need it. God chastens those that he loves. If we're a true friend to a brother and we uphold them, then we'll tell them the truth as well. Yes, sometimes it hurts, but then we love them through our situations and our trials. Yes? Amen. Are you standing in the middle of the road? That's my question to you tonight. And I, uh, I love hot chocolate. I do not drink coffee. It's the devil's brew. I think coffee should get saved and turn into hot chocolate, personally. Just a personal thing. But I do love hot chocolate in the wintertime. And so I went to McDonald's today or tonight, and I got me a nice hot chocolate because I love hot chocolate. But I also, stay, love an ice-cold, ah, oh, Dr. Pepper. Sorry, Nicole. She's trying to stop all this stuff. But by itself, hot chocolate is awesome. It feels so good going down when you're cold and outside and shoveling that nasty sidewalk of snow and that driveway. I'm just getting you prepared. It feels good when you're drinking this, when you come in, or the kids bring it out to you. Say, here, Dad. I said, hey, thanks, guys. I'll drink this. You take over. You're old enough now. (laughs) Or this nice, cold Dr. Pepper on a hot day when you're working on a roof. Oh, it's so nice. Separately, they're awesome. It's good hot, and it's good cold. But this, this is kind of how it becomes lukewarm. Mm. Lord, I love you so much. You are so awesome. Oh, my. Mm. That feels good going down, Father, yes. Uh. But I got to go out and smoke that joint. Oh, that marijuana, I got to have it. I got to have it. Mm-hmm. Lukewarm. Oh, Lord. Mm. Oh, you're the light of my life. I love you. You're the only thing that I need, Father. Hallelujah. But I don't want to pay my taxes, and I'm not going to. Nope. Not going to. Lukewarm. Lukewarm. Amen? Amen. Are you getting the picture? Well, how about this one? Oh, I love my Bible. I read it every day. It's wonderful, the revelation that comes out of it. Oh, it's Zoe. It's life. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And those girls on the internet look real good. Woo! I bet you that she looked like Bathsheba. Man, good-looking woman. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, those naked girls are beautiful. Lukewarm. 
Jesus, you're my best friend. Oh, you stick closer than a brother to me. I love you so much. Why you blankety BB blank blank, son of a blank blank blank, how dare you ever, son of a blank blank, BBBDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDD
You know? David, would, would your friend say, well, is, is David lukewarm or is he hot or is he cold? What is he? Well, you know, he serves God but with limits. You can't really get too, too crazy and too spiritual, you know. Hmm, wow. Well, you know, would your friend say, well, she really don't witness much to anybody. I really didn't even know she was saved. Which reminds me of Nicole's friend. She grew up here in Botkins and went through all kinds of H-E double toothpicks at school because she was a Christian and not a Catholic. She got beat up. She got threats on her life. All growing up in school, when it got to high school, it never changed. Not until they figured out that she could sing. All the time she got bantered for it. Your dad's a moron. He's an idiot. All kinds of stuff. On and on and on. You know, throwing all of the landscaping over there onto the, onto the uh, road, ripping it out. You know, bottles all in the driveways, broken bottles. All kinds of stuff. And yet, at graduation, this one boy comes up to her and has the gall to say, I'm sorry. And she said, what? You're sorry for what? I'm a Christian. And Nicole's like, you're what? I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian my whole life. I've seen everything that you've went through. And I never said a word and I never stood up for you and I want to say I'm sorry. Well, great. On graduation day, now you're going to say you're sorry when you don't have to ever go back to school again. Whew, wonderful dude. Good thing I didn't see him. I'd have loved him in Jesus' name. But that's, is that what your friends would say about you? You know, I, I really don't want to be saved from sin, just the penalty of it. What would your friends say about you? Are you lukewarm? Are you hot? Are you cold? Those are some questions that just want to, you know, throw out there. David cried out to God in Psalms, Lord, search my heart. Search my heart, Lord. Tell me what is wrong. If there's anything wrong, fix it, Father. I want to be hot and I want to be cold. And this was 3,000 years or 4,000 years or five before Revelation ever came. And he was doing the same thing that we should be doing today. Search us, Lord. I don't want to become lukewarm. I want to be in your will. I want to do what you want me to do. If there's something wrong, change my heart, oh God. That's what we should be doing today as well. Just what David did back then. He didn't want to be lukewarm either. And I don't want to be lukewarm myself. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Everybody happy still? You know, Nicole and I have been married 25 years, over 25 years now. Woohoo! Yes, that's a miracle. And you know, I can say, I can say I do love her more now than I ever have. I do. I want her more now than I ever have wanted her. I don't know why that is. I don't know. But I do. I can't leave her alone half the time. And she wants me to leave. When I go to Africa and things like that, she's like, thank God. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, you leave me alone. You won't be touching me. <laughs> Whatever. Fine. But I do. But here's my question to you, and this is what I want you to do. I want you to ask me a question, letting me know or finding out actually how much do I love her with a question that you ask me. So I want you to ask me a question. And it's going to let you know how much that I love her. You understand that? So anybody got a question for me? 
Just to test, see how much I love her. Yes. Go ahead. Stand up and yell it out. Do I love her enough to clean the bathrooms for her? Hmm. Okay. Another question. Another question. Okay. Yell it out. Would I die for her? Hold on. I heard that one first. Would I die for her? Yes? Would I backslide for her? Man. Wow. Okay, anybody else? Yes, Ella. What? What wouldn't I do for her? Hmm, okay. <laughs> I do for her. Somebody else? Yes, I see way back here. Yell it out. A paragraph? Would I be willing to give up the most thing, what I want the most, okay, for her to be happy? Oh, for what she wants the most, okay, okay, for, okay. Oh, is that what you're asking me? Oh, Okay. I, he had, do you listen when she talks? I thought that was part of the, a question. But I like that one. I'm going to use that one, Pastor Dan. Uh, do I listen when she talks? Hmm. That's a good one, man. That was prophetic. You didn't even know it. <laughs> okay, those are, those are some pretty good questions. Uh, those are good. Those are, those are some great questions, baby. Do you want those answers now or when we get home? <laughs> now. <laughs> she said, now. Okay, now then. I'm going to turn this back on you. My question to you tonight is this. Would you die for Jesus? I hear a yes. Good. Would you backslide for Jesus? Yeah. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) Hmm. What wouldn't you do for Jesus? Would you be willing to give up the one thing that you want for Him? Hmm. Do you listen when He talks? Wow. Wow. Those are some good questions, huh? How much do you really love Jesus? Are you lukewarm? Or are you hot? Are you cold? For him. Oh boy, it's getting deep in here, isn't it? Revelations 3.19. It says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. So, now he's going into this. He first rebukes them harshly. Wow, you're miserable people. You're blind, you're cold, and you're naked. I can't stand you, and I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. That's tough love. That's difficult to swallow for some of us. 
But after he goes through that and shows them their sin, shows them their lukewarmness, then he comes right back around, wraps his arm around them and says, listen to me. I love you. I'm doing it because I love you and I'm chastening you. I need you to come back to me. Isn't that what he's doing? That's exactly what he is doing. <laughs> he is doing that for sure. Revelations 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any one of you hear my voice and opens the door, he's talking to the church of Laodicea, but he's also talking to us today. He says, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. That's Revelations 3.20. Now he says this in, in Revelations 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. Well, we know that you can't buy anything from God. He gives it to us free. It's by faith. And when you dig into these things, buy gold from me, he's talking about faith. And I don't have time to get into all those scripture verses. But the bottom line is he says, buy them from me. In other words, I'll give them to you. He's trying to get them out of that physical, wealthy mentality, rich physical mentality, into the spiritual mentality that they need the riches that I have, not the riches of the world. They need what I have spiritually, not what they can get out there because that's temporal. Amen? And then he says, as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Revelations 3, 21 says, To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. You know what? That's the key word right there. Who can overcome? Overcome what? Overcome what you are lukewarm about. The reasons why you are lukewarm. Why are you lukewarm? If you can overcome those things, if you can be zealous and repent, then guess what? You're going to make it. You're going to be with me in eternity. I'll be there for you. Be zealous. Repent. Be an overcomer. You can do it with me. Yes? Come on. Hallelujah. Yes. Buy from me. Get the faith. You can do this. And that's what he's saying to you and I today. I stand and I knock. Listen, I'm a gentleman. I'm never going to come through. I will only come in if you open the door. And when you do, I will come in and I will sit with you and I will eat with you. And then you can endure. And if you do, <laughs> whew, I will grant you to sit with me on my throne as I also have overcame and sat down with my father on the throne. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Hallelujah. Come on. That's right. Praise the Lord. And so as I was praying today, doing dishes for my wife, I really felt somebody's clapping for that. That's funny. Oh, that's good. <laughs> you know, I really felt, I hear the Lord say, have the people come to me with what they're struggling with. Why 
have they become lukewarm? Whatever the problem is, and I definitely heard the word stronghold today. If you are in a stronghold or have a stronghold over your life, come to Him. Be zealous and repent. And let's pray for you. And let's get this thing off of you. Let's break these barriers. Let's break these chains. And let's be free in Jesus' name. And so while you're sitting there thinking, you know, you know why you've become lukewarm. Maybe it's not a big thing. Maybe it's just I've been passive. I've been uncommitted. Maybe I'm self-deceived. Whatever it is, it's all right there. You have to make that choice. And I want you to come down and I want you to say, God, I am sorry. Be zealous and repent. We're all family here, folks. We're all together in this. We are all one big family. We do not judge. Pastor talked on judging, didn't he? Yes, he did. We can judge within. But man, hallelujah, thank God for grace and mercy at the throne. So if you're dealing with some kind of a stronghold in your life, I open up this altar to you right now. We're going to lay hands on you. And let me tell you, the chains are going to be broken in your life right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So everybody stand up. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. You're worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be lifted up tonight. Oh, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If that's you, then you can come on down. Come on down in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you for your anointing, God. It breaks yokes. Hallelujah. It tears down walls. It breaks barriers. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The strong man will be broken tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Just worship him, everybody, for, for a minute. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Those of you that are doing good, come on, throw your faith up here for these people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Habits and strongholds are hard to break. Some of them can only be broken by God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Nicole, come on up here with me. Pastor Dan, come on up here with me. Come on, we're going to pray for these people. We're going to break barriers. We're going to tear down walls in their lives whether it's spiritual, whether it's physical. I don't care what it is. God don't care what it is. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, right now. God, you see these hearts, these repentive, zealous hearts, Lord God, that are standing here, Father. And in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you that as we lay hands on these people, God, it will be broken. Their strongholds will be broken in the name of Jesus. This lukewarmness, Father, will go in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it. Right now, hallelujah. Let's do it. Come on, let's lay hands on them in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, right now, I thank you. God, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Oh, for your power, your wonder-working power, Lord God. God, I thank you, Father. Oh, you know the situation, Lord. And God, we just curse this thing. God, we curse this stronghold in the name of Jesus. We take authority over it by the name above every name right now, God, I thank you that it disappear, that it dissipate, and that it be gone 
In Jesus' name, I thank you for it, God. Physical healing in the name of Jesus. Spiritual healing in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, I thank you, Father, that her mind, Lord God, become clear and wholesome in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you, Father, for it. I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name, that it's done. It's done in the name of Jesus. Oh, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, I thank you for Jeremiah. And Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we curse this thing. We curse this stronghold, God. We curse whatever is not keeping him, Father, from moving on, moving forward, going to that next level in you in the name of Jesus. We curse it. We command it to leave his body, leave his mind in the name of Jesus. Oh, this stronghold, God, we curse it. We command it to go and leave him in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Father, that he thinks on things that are holy, just, pure, and of a good report in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I give you praise for it. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. And amen. And amen. Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, you see your brother, Father, right here, God. He is open. He is open to you in the name of Jesus. And God, we curse this stronghold that's in his life, Father. Hallelujah. This physical stronghold in the name of Jesus. We curse it. We command it to leave his body in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for it. God, I thank you that he is free. He is free, free indeed in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you for it, and I call it done right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Holy Ghost. Thank you for it. Father, in Jesus' name, we bring Wayne before you right now. And Father, oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God, I curse this thing in the name of Jesus, this stronghold, Father, that has attacked him, Lord God and that will not let go. Father, in Jesus' name, we curse this thing and we command it to leave his mind in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, it's a battle of the mind, God. That's where it starts. And God, I thank you that it is gone in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, physically, Father. He is physically fit in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for it right now, Lord God. Hallelujah, give him zeal, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Father. Healthy and whole, spiritually, physically, God, and even financially, God. We break this thing in the name of Jesus. And we call it done. Amen. And amen. And amen. Hallelujah, Father, in the name of Jesus. God, I bring my sister before you right now. Oh, God, I thank you, Father. I thank you for healing. I thank you for emotional and physical healing. Lord God, I command all stress and anxiety to leave her, Father, right now. Strongholds be broken and gone in her life in Jesus' name. By the authority that I have in you, Lord God, we call it done in her life, God. I thank you. She is free. She is free. She is free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you for it, Father. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Thank you, Jesus. Pray for it. All right, you're healed. You're set free. You're delivered in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we bring Violet before you right now. Oh, God. In the name of Jesus, we curse. We curse, Father, whatever's causing this lukewarmness. In Jesus' name. Oh, God, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. 
Oh, that she has the mind of Christ in Jesus' name. God, and we curse any stronghold. We bind it in the name of Jesus. We command it to leave, Father, her mind. Leave her body in Jesus' name. God, we command things to come back into alignment, Lord God. And I thank you that she is free, free indeed, Lord God. I thank you for her zealousness, Lord God. And I thank you that she will move to the next level in you, Father. In Jesus' name, I give you praise and glory for it. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. 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 Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name above every name. Oh, God. Father, we curse. We curse, Father, the stronghold. Lord God, the strong man. We bind him in the name of Jesus. And God, we loose him in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. By the power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Everything must bow in that name. God, I thank you that he is free. God, hallelujah. The chains are broken in his life. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God. He has the mind of Christ. In the name of
Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for tonight. God, we thank you for your word that has penetrated our hearts tonight, God, in a great and mighty way. Father, I thank you for those that have heard this word, God. I thank you that they'll go away changed tonight, God, looking at themselves. And God, wanting to become stronger, a better Christian, Father, for you. Father, a light into this dark world, their dark neighborhoods, their dark workplaces. Hallelujah, that, Father, they can look at these Christians in here, these sheep in here, and they would have nothing bad to say. But all they can say is, He loves Jesus. He's on fire. He's hot. He's cold. God, I thank you for that, for this crowd tonight, your people tonight, your sheep tonight. God, I thank you that you open up doors, Lord God, for them to witness to others and to bring others that are lost, miserable, cold, wretched, blind, and naked to you, the life giver, the one of love and compassion. We thank you for that tonight, God. And we give you praise and glory and honor for it. And everybody said, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Good night. We'll see you Sunday morning.